0: This morning, And if you were one of the ones, and you were at home, and you were standing all this time at home in front of your couch or whatever, in your PJs, then extra kudos for you. We, pre- we appreciate you uh, being here and joining us this morning. You know, last week we uh, started a series that uh, I'm calling You Said. And the whole idea being is, you know, we all know that... Uh, Especially if you're a parent, there's multiple times that you know you make a promise to your child and, and you, you get going along, and it's not that necessarily that you've forgotten the promise or or maybe being human you did, and uh, and the child comes up to you and says, But mommy, but daddy, you said. Yeah. And so the whole idea for this little series that we're doing is the idea that there is something about when we take a passage of scripture there is something about when we pray through that and in a sense kind of remind our father you said now it's not that he's forgotten we don't remind him for his sake really when we make those reminders we're reminding him for our sake to give us, to remind us, to stir us up, to give us a little bit of of a feeling that it's all going to be all right because we know that he promised and we know that our Father in heaven keeps his promises. And so this morning we're going to kind of continue that thought. And I was thinking as I was working on it this week, I don't know about you, but uh, probably every single one of us have that restaurant that when it fully opens, we will be there. I'm not going to do a plug for any particular place. Let's just say that it's, gonna, it's going to include endless chips and hot sauce. <laughs> yep. But the truth is we're all hungry. At some level, everyone recognizes that their soul is starving. and They struggle to find anything, to find something that will kind of satisfy that hunger. It's universal. It's been around since the dawn of creation. Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones famously put it this way, I can't get no satisfaction. But the truth is, we're all created with a deep, deep hunger of the soul. And the question is, how are you satisfying yours? How are you satisfying your hunger? That's the statement, that's the question I want us to carry through all of this this morning. Which leads me to my you said statement this morning. It's found in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. And it's Jesus speaking as he's delivering his message at the Sermon on the Mount. And he makes this statement as part of There's so many good ones there. We could spend probably months just camping out there. But I chose this one this morning. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. See, you can get some satisfaction in this world. It is possible. You know, early in life, we learn what hunger is. It's one of the first things that sets in. We're, in a sense, born hungry. You know, think about it when... Hunger and thirst amount to one of the strongest drives that we have as people. I mean, and it's a good thing that it's there because I don't know about you, sometimes I can get so busy that I kind of forget to eat, and there's this little gnawing that starts. There's this little sound that comes in that's kind of annoying that says, Hey, feed me, right? Or your mouth gets dry, we have signs, and so we know what these things are. And if it wasn't for those desires, we would we'd be in physical danger. But when we are born, something happens. You know, it's and you know, I, I obviously don't remember, and we just had our first Granddaughter, and so a lot of this is fresh on my mind. But the thought that you know, I was thinking of our little granddaughter Bethel, that is just a few days old, uh, thinking about how for her there was a time when everything was warm and safe and cozy, and then all of a sudden she was born and that cord was cut, and it wasn't long till she learned what hunger and thirst was. And she does may not understand at this point, all she knows to do is cry, but thank God that there's parents that are there to care for her. But we soon learn about that, and we we may not know what it is, but we know we need it. And soon we learn that Mama is the source for much of what we need. You know, you think about that, though, that applies to our spiritual lives as well. And Adam and Eve kind of were set up, and they ruled as kind of prince and princess of of this creation that God made and God gave them everything. There was satisfaction that was built into that. There was satisfaction for for their needs were taken care of. They didn't have to worry about where the next meal was coming from or whether or not they were going to have clean water to drink. They didn't have to worry about any dangers or any circumstances. They didn't even have to worry about spiritual hunger because they had this perfect relationship with God where they were able to walk in the garden and spend time on a personal level with God. I mean, talk about perfection. Talk about a life of complete satisfaction. But the problem came when they began to listen to the lies of the prince of this world. And they bought into that. And so literally there came a point that because of that temptation that they ate us out of house and home. It's true. And and, and it was all done to gain this shiny forbidden fruit. And because of that, they lost a close relationship with God. And, and the thing is, they thought that they wanted, the enemy had convinced them that they really wanted to kind of, in a sense, cut that spiritual cord and wanted them, wanted them to, to think that, well, our eyes will be open. And they bought the lie. And the moment they did, they learned what true hunger and true thirst were. And as a result, every one of us are born into this state of hunger and thirst. So much of our lives are consumed with with trying to quench those desires. We labor long hours. We try to reestablish the fulfillment in some way. We work and we labor, try to reestablish the fulfillment that I believe that somehow on a genetic level, somehow on a spiritual level, that we know that there is a, there's something that was lost in the garden and there's something in us that's trying to create, recreate that here on this earth and we labor and we strive and we do all these things, but there's nothing we can do. We always will fall short of that because our eternal souls are yearning our eternal souls are crying and it's gnawing at us to be right with God and we recognize that we've got this hunger and we understand that something is missing and everyone acknowledges that they're hungry everyone acknowledges that they that they can't get satisfaction or those kind of things but the the truth is we know that it only comes from God the father It only comes from right relationship with him. But the funny thing is, even though everybody knows they have this hunger, anytime you throw that, there are so many people, oh, that can't be it. And they go on chasing other things. And it doesn't lead to satisfaction. You know, we see it every day. You can stand in the checkout line at the grocery store, and we've had extra time to stand because we have to stay spaced out now. And so you probably get a good scan of all the magazines and things that are are laid out there. And what do we see again and again? We see person after person that has everything that we're told that we're supposed to strive after. All the way down the line. Yet they still can't find satisfaction. They still can't find what, what meets that hunger. They still can't find what quenches their thirst. And so many times what it leads to, it leads to, chasing after things and going to further and further extremes until the day comes that they crash and burn and the headlines, another one is lost at a young age that had everything. And you hear people that will stand up and they'll make this statement, well, that, that person went out in a blaze of glory. No, I kind of think they're probably still blazing. As much as I hate to say that, But James 1, 14 and 15 says this, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, and then that desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. This is the pattern. We see this pattern again and again and again. You know, we make financial mistakes when we begin to, really want something so bad that's so shiny and so new that that all of a sudden we obsess over it and then finally we give in and we make steps that we shouldn't make. And the same thing happens with us in our spiritual lives. There are things that we know that are forbidden fruit that are out there that we shouldn't mess with and we shouldn't be a part of, but we just obsess with it to the point that we finally reach out and take it. I'm often wondered how many times Eve or Adam and Eve walked by and looked at that and said, boy, that sure looks good. I wonder why I can't have that. You know, I don't know because I wasn't there, but I was, I've always had a thought, you know, if there was just one rule I had to live by, I think I'd be building a barricade and, 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 and inventing barbed wire or whatever I could to keep myself and other people away from that. But we see that. This is the pattern. And too often when we get hungry, what do we want? We want a quick fix. We just recently moved, and there's all this unpacking of boxes and all the things that comes with that. And, and I have to admit, we have gone through drive-ins much more often than is our normal habit. Because when it comes down, I'm hungry, and, and I don't want to take because I'm too tired to, to fix or whatever. And, and so it's just like, you know what, rather than mess everything up, let's just swing through somewhere. Or the best part is have somebody deliver, right? <laughs> But what do we do? Sometimes when we get hungry, we want a quick fix. And we know down deep inside that there's a void that we hunger to feel. And so we begin to go out on this quest for satisfaction. And what does the world love to do? Just like the enemy, he loves to sell us the quick, the easy, the good-sounding answers to the things we're hungry for. Much like the serpent in the garden, what does he want to do? He wants to offer us shiny objects to look at. Really, in a sense, he wants to give us spiritual junk food so that we chase after that stuff instead of what we should be going after. We're told that our hunger and thirst can be filled, and and it can be filled to our satisfaction by running through the cheap, the quick drive-through to the cafe of carnality. Just go through, you know, grab what's quick and easy and and it'll satisfy you. And and it's full of man-made menus of appetizing looking items which appeal to our senses and, and does nothing more. But it does nothing to truly satisfy our appetite for God. Oh, they look great on the menu and they have great advertising to back them up. And they promise all kinds of benefits if we'll just do this. Have you ever known how much better life is if you get the right mop to shine your floor? <laughs> I mean, we're we're good at making everything look like it will it will fit and, and fit fit all of our needs and make everything right. I and mean, it's fast and it's easy and it's cheap. And it may excite you for a moment, but it doesn't last. And many times you feel. Cheap afterwards. You know, there's no lasting, lustful activities of the flesh that will satisfy. Usually it leaves you hurting, used, broken. There's always collateral damage. It does not measure up to the covenant relationship that God promised. You know, there is something about... I. I One of the things, and I'm not going to get too much on this, but one of the things that Kim and I talk about all the time is that that we feel like God's blessed us with an incredible marriage. And and we just see the things that so many people go through. It's like, why would you want to go back to that when you can have something that's that's solid, that's there, that you can, a a trust that you can completely have in the other individual, that, that living out by God's plan through the covenant relationship of marriage is so much better than anything the world has to offer you know then there's people that turn to satisfy things with the liquor bottle or or whatever and they go through those things and all the trouble that comes with that and and you know scripture tells us in Ephesians 5:18 to not to be drunk with wine but be, but to be filled with the spirit then there's drugs you know, drugs are so many times are just something to, to numb and, and the senses and just dull the, the pain and that gnawing hunger that we feel and we, we, we hear about those things. And as I was working on this, I had this thought. I never really put it this way before in my mind or framed it this way. But, you know, when you're in the hospital and they come to you and say, there's nothing else we can do but numb the pain that you're experiencing, calm down the symptoms, that usually means you're headed towards death. If you're at that place in life that you say all I can do is numb the things of life, you're in danger. You're in danger. And I'm not saying that out of, out of any condemnation. I'm saying that out of love this morning is that there is a better way. There is a way that your that longing and your hunger and your thirst can be met. All these things that the world chases after, that's advertised that we're supposed to go after, they only leave you tore up, used up, in a worse shape than when you started. Your hunger will still go unsatisfied, and you're only further separated from what you truly long for. Those things only lead to further and further separation from God, what you truly need. All what the world offers looks tasty. But when you bite into it, you discover that it's nothing but hot air mixed with sugar and coloring like cotton candy. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget as a kid. The first time we went somewhere as a family and there was was everybody walking around these big old things of cotton candy. I was like, ooh, that looks so good. And if you love it, I'm, I'm not throwing stones here, but I just remember that that surprise as a kid when I took my first big old bite, and all of a sudden, it was nothing in my mouth. (laughs) That really is the way the things the world tries to, to throw our way and tries to show us and say, these are the things that are satisfied. It looks so good. It looks so appealing. And then when we get it, we find out it's just hot air and coloring and sweetener. Isaiah 55.2, the prophet puts it this way through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which is not satisfied? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Think about all the times that we waste chasing after certain things. And I'm not saying Scripture tells us that that the Lord knows that we need food and we need shelter and we need these things. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having a solid good life. The problem comes when that becomes our priority in life. And sometimes we can waste so much time chasing after those things. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says this, do not love the world or the things in the world Anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. I don't know about you, but I want to abide forever. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the story we find in in luke where where martha and our sister mary are there and jesus basically says hey i'm coming to your house now i don't know about you i know that uh that kim if all of a sudden something like somebody like that said they're coming to my house i know that it would mean we would instantly going into clean mode right everything be put in place. And so, so you hear the whole story of Martha and her running around, making sure everything is ready for Jesus to, to be there. And she's preparing the meal, and she's doing all of these things. And, and, and her sister Mary is just sitting there at Jesus' feet and listening to everything and having that time with them. And she finally gets enough, and we, you probably know the story. She goes and she complains, you know, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus responds, Martha, Martha, you are so worried about so many things. Mary has chosen what is best, and it shall not be taken from her. I think that's a lesson for us. I think sometimes we can get so busy in all the things that we chase after, all the stuff that we think would satisfy us. And there are things that we need. I realize that. But there is something about when we take the time to stop And to sit at Jesus' feet. That is what we're truly, truly hungry for. That is what satisfies us. So what do we need? I think we need to refine our taste. You know, over the last couple of years, I've had to retrain my taste. I had reached the point that... that. um, how can I say this nicely about myself? That, you know, that I was having to upgrade pant sizes. That there was some health issues beginning to show up in some things. And when some things happened, all of a sudden I realized, you know, I can't keep going. I'll tell you what kind of well, was a couple of things. There was a health issue that I had uh, about three years back that, that kind of was a wake-up call. But then there's also another line. When it meant I was going to have to go buy 40 inch waist pants, that was the line that I said, I am not crossing that line. So, what have I, what have I, those two things, like I've got to do something. I already mentioned that the Mexican food is my first choice. And so that's part of the problem. So, I've had to alter even the way I do that. But because of that, I've retrained myself to develop a taste for really what is better and it is not a labor anymore it's become a lifestyle and I've learned that there are things that I can do that make a difference and so I've had to retrain my taste and what we truly need to do as people is we need to refine our taste for the right things for the spiritual things because everything around us tells us this is what we need to chase after that's what we need to chase after this is what we need to do this is what's going to satisfy you But we need to go back to see what the scripture says is going to satisfy us. Because that's where we're going to find what we're really looking for. And once we develop, once we set aside the spiritual junk food, once we develop that taste for true righteousness, there is something about it that is so satisfying. Now, I'm not going to say it's always easy. I'll be honest. There are some mornings that I get up and it's my devotion time and I can think of a billion other things to go do. Sometimes it is, sometimes I wake up and I can't wait to get in God's presence. Sometimes I have to get up and I have to make myself do what I know is right. But if we do that, there's a, there's a benefit that comes from that. That once we develop that taste for righteousness, nothing else satisfies Backing up one verse from Isaiah 55, verse 1 says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come to buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. What's he saying here? He's saying the things that we really should be hungry for are available. Have you ever noticed? I always find this interesting that when you try to eat healthy, that it's the most expensive stuff in the grocery store? I mean, we're on a budget. It's easy to eat the junk food, right? (laughs) Value meals, they're everywhere. They're also kind of like that cotton candy. (laughs) But you know what? When we train ourselves... The right thing is super expensive. But thank God that on the spiritual side, the price for that's already been paid. We need to realize that. Yes, you're hungry, but there's one that says, I am the bread of life. Yes, you're thirsty, but there's one that says, I am living water. We must refine our taste the realization that what we're truly hungry for is Righteousness. In other words, right standing with God, the restoration of what was lost in the garden. So what is righteousness? Sometimes we, I think we have a wrong definition of righteousness. Sometimes we think of righteousness as as following all the rules, being in church on Sundays, paying our tithes, spending time reading the Bible, prayer. All those things are good, great things, but they in themselves are not righteousness. Righteous, those things can help lead you to where you desire to live a righteous life, but they themselves in itself are not it. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. You know, we need those things, and we need to be part of that, but they're the things that will open up our eyes to what we truly need so that we truly begin to hunger for righteousness and thirst for righteousness and walk in it and scripture tells us that those that do that, that they will be satisfied. They will be filled. That's a promise. That's one of those you said things. God, you said, if I seek you, I will find you. So true righteousness is not about us. It's not a list of do's and don'ts or regulations, but it's all about God. It's about God. It's not about us. Romans 3.23 a passage of scripture that will forever be stuck in my brain, and I'm not going to get into it, but some skits we did in years back concerning this. I'll tell you that story another time. But it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, because of our addiction to junk food and all the stuff this world has to offer and the way we live our lives, if we get what is coming to us, it's death. It's what we all deserve. There's not a single one of us that that can say by the way we've lived our lives and the things we've done, we all fall short. But I love that the, that the, can you imagine how sad it would be if this passage was, for the wages of sin is death, period. Boy, that would be a miserable existence, wouldn't it? I love, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, there's a gift that's available to us. It's all the things that we're talking at. Kind of like Isaiah said, you can can go and buy these things you're truly hungry for without money because the price has been paid. The sacrifice that was made on the cross makes these things available to us. All the things that we truly desire. It's a gift and it's available to us. Verse 23 and 24 says this of Romans chapter 3, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You know, we, we can't afford it but the great thing is, it's already been paid for. And since we've been justified by faith, it's Romans five one It says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a sinner without a Savior, anybody that doesn't have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, is really kind of like a man on death roll. They're doomed. It's just a matter of time. But because of our relationship with Christ, because we have been put in right standing, it's a, it's a positional, it's a positional righteousness. Because we are in good standing with Him. And He uses the word justified. The word justified is really kind of a judicial term, which means to be declared righteous. It means that we've been declared innocent. We've been declared righteous. We've been declared blameless. And As I said, it's a judicial term. It's almost as if you could, you could easily do picture it as a courtroom-type situation, and, and that's just the way my mind works. I, I love putting visual things together in my mind. It helps me connect the dots and make things a, make a little more sense. Can you imagine the scene here because we know there's a judgment day coming right and so the judgment's coming and we know who the judge is and I just picture in my mind that God the Father is the judge and Jesus is being our advocate because it says that we do have an advocate before the Father and we know who the accuser of the brothers is now we've all done junk Right? And so I just picture in my mind, you know, on that day of judgment, and we're, we're standing there, and, 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 and I know it probably won't pay out exactly like this, but just humor me for a moment. I just picture, though, some deed that we did, our worst moment, and the enemy calling out said, what do you mean that they can enter into your kingdom? They were a liar, a cheater, a murderer, a, you know, whatever. And all those accusations are being hurled. And all of a sudden, our advocate raises his hand and says, I object. But that hand has a nice big hole in it that signifies that the price has been paid. I object. This one is clothed in my righteousness. And they are washed clean by my blood. And they have been set free. And he's got a direct line because the judge is his daddy. (laughs) And I just see the gavel being hit and saying, they're declared innocent. They're justified. And it's over. What a powerful thing to know that when he does that, that we've been declared righteous. We've been declared justified. First John 2, 2 says, says, he is our propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That means that that salvation is available to us all. Jesus isn't saying that we have to have been or, or become perfect We simply must hunger and thirst for his righteousness. We simply must, as he draws us, turn to him, surrender to him, and say, Lord, you are my Lord and my Savior. He will do the work. Because we have to hunger and thirst after his righteousness. Psalm 34, 8 and 9 says this, "Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. See, once you taste the changes, and you begin to put away the junk food, there is something that happens at that mode of salvation. I have found through the years that when somebody has a real encounter with Christ, we don't have to pull them aside and say, okay, now that you've asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you need to change this, 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 and this about your life. Usually, not usually, if they've really made Christ their Lord and Savior, those things begin to take care of themselves. Because all of a sudden, the things that they were hungry and thirsty for, their appetite is changed. And they, bec- they hunger and they thirst for the righteousness and they chase after those things. And you just begin to see the things fall off of their lives that they were so inhibiting for them. That doesn't mean that they may not need a little counsel here and there, but they don't need somebody in their face telling them everything they need to change because God will begin to speak to them and you, you watch it. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch as their life begins to transform. You know, it, we call that sanctification as we begin that process. I don't know about you, but I can look back. Now, I was raised in church my whole life. This is, this is something that, you know, is, has been a part of my life my whole life. That doesn't mean I've always been perfect. Perfect. No, I don't have stories to tell where I got way out there and was caught up in this and that or other things, but, but there, was a, there was a rebellious couple of years there in my life where that's, we'll go, that's as far as we'll go. <laughs> but I look back from the moment at 21 years of age, I came to that moment, that realization, it's time to quit playing games, and it's time to truly sell out. And from that moment on, looking back at the journey he's brought me through and the the things and how that that sanctification process has progressed in my life and the things that have changed and who I am now compared to who I was then are two different people. Because God has done such a complete work. See, because... It changed my taste. There are things that I used to participate in that when I see them now, they just flat out disgust me. You see, we got in trouble in the garden, but I got out of trouble in the garden of Gethsemane. We got in trouble by partaking in the forbidden tree, but I got out of trouble by a tree made into a cross. We got into trouble by a woman named Eve. I got out of trouble through a woman named Mary. We got into trouble through the first man named Adam. I got out of trouble through the Son of Man, and his name is Jesus. So the question is, we were all created with this deep hunger of the soul. How are you satisfying your hunger? I like everybody listening to the sound of my voice, whether on live stream or in the sanctuary this morning just to stop and examine your life and ask yourself that question because we're all hungry we're all thirsty but what are you chasing after to fill that hunger you caught up in the lies that the world has that says if you'll chase after this junk food and that junk food and and pursue this and thing and that thing that that that's what's what'll satisfy you it doesn't it's empty oh you might have fun for a season but it will lead to a crash and burn moment trust me i've seen it again and again and again and again Or you can hunger and thirst after his righteousness. And he says, you will be filled. You know, life is so satisfying when you're walking with Christ. It doesn't mean you don't have bad days. Doesn't mean you don't lose your cool every now and then. Doesn't mean there's not times you don't go to God and complain. Read through some of David's Psalms. He was pretty good at that. But you know what I love about that? Is that shows that even in those moments we can cry out to him from our hearts. But I always love how that David would come back around. But you, O Lord, are faithful. And if we just remember that and walk in that, we can have such a satisfying life. And when not only is this life good, but when it's over, we still win. There's a peace that comes with that. There's a fulfillment that comes with that. I am having more fun. You know, I I can say this. All those pressures and things that comes with it, right, right. Even especially through this time, making decisions of do we have church or do we not have church, and and getting all the input from people. And there's people on opposite extremes that you know uh, you need to have faith and go for it, no matter what the government says. There's other people that you know you need to be careful and so. And there's all these voices, and all I can do is say, Lord, you show me what you want me to do, and I promise you. Every decision we've made has been prayed over and prayed over and prayed over. And in my spirit, I'm convinced that we've made the right decisions. And I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that there's pressures even that comes with this. But even in the midst of all that, there is nothing else I could do because doing what God has called me to do is so fulfilling and so satisfying and so enriching. I love my life. And I'm not saying that everybody here is called into the ministry, but I am saying that everybody here has a calling and a purpose on your life. And when you yield to that, when you let him begin to lead and direct and guide, you'll find such fulfillment in your life. Those giftings, those abilities, those talents, those things that are put in you are in you for a reason. They have a right fulfillment in his kingdom. They will bring you such satisfaction and such joy and such peace. I challenge you to begin to hunger and thirst after the things that he has for you. Surrender your life to him. And you will see so much fulfillment. So this morning, I want you to just bow your heads with me for a moment. And I want you to just ask yourself That question, what are you chasing after to satisfy that hunger? If you're buying the lies of this world, put those aside. As the Holy Spirit draws you, begin to realize that 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 is so real, that that that's him saying, come to me, I have a better way. And respond to that gift of salvation. Because he gave his life for you. He gave his life for the sins of the world. Yield to him. Let him become everything in your life. And you will see so many circumstances change. If that's you and you say, I need to make that chain, I want to lead you in a prayer. I want you just in your own own way, respond in this prayer. Pray it from your heart. But just say, Lord Jesus, I see the way after so much of what I chased after is wrong. I see the way that I fall short. But Lord, I ask you to come. I ask you to wash away my sins. I ask you to walk with me and lead me and guide me. Help me develop a hunger and a thirst for your righteousness and your ways. Lord, as you draw me, I surrender my life freely to you. Lord, wash me clean. Set me up afresh and anew. And become king and Lord of my life. I thank you for it. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. I pray that you prayed that prayer this morning. And that you would just surrender your life to him. Thank you for being with me. We're going to continue to operate in this mode next sunday we'll be back here for thank you all for that came this morning it was much much more fun to to see faces instead of just staring at the camera for those of you that are out there and the the camera i certainly appreciate you being a part and as i said those things are not going away and so as we just dismiss um you can just make your way out Uh, please continue to be faithful in your in your tithes and offerings because um And I have to to say, I want to say this, I want to publicly say, you guys have been wonderful. We wouldn't be able to keep going through all this these multiple weeks if it wasn't for your faithfulness. We ask you to continue to do that. Uh, For those that are here, the uh, offering box is out on the counter out there, and you can just drop that in as you head out. Plus, there's online giving available if that was you. But God bless you all. Uh, Look forward. This Wednesday night, I'll be doing... uh, the, uh, my back porch Bible study on, online through a live stream. It'll just be about a 15-minute devotion this uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Feel free to join there. God bless you and have a blessed day. Bye-bye.